Okay. Cool. Boom. Here we go. Nice. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Rock Metal Podcast. I am your host, John Harris. On my right-hand side is my right-hand man, Gabriel. Boom, 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 boom. And today on the Rock Metal Podcast, we have Arjuna's Eye, and they've got a new album called Amalgam, which is released on August 4th. And right now I'm being joined by Connor, and we're going to talk about the album. We're going to talk about a couple of tracks off of the album. We're going to talk about what the boys have been up to. So, Connor, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Absolutely great to have you on. Now, the time of recording, this was just released a few days ago. So uh, I guess my first question is, take us through the emotional roller coaster that is the fact that this thing has finally been released. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's been it's been kind of a dynamic process, I guess, since it, it was October that it came out. Um, we kind of finished up in August, uh, and then September was kind of just getting prepared. And then yeah, but since since October, um, we didn't really go into this with the with the heads up that we have now, due to having a, a, a manager on board with us uh, since March of this year. So. Um, we kind of said we just want to record some music. We've been playing around the country for a few years, and we want to make a new album, you know, a follow-up to the the original or the first one there. And so, yeah, ever since we kind of put this out, we were playing locally, then we are playing around the country, and then we are kind of like, so what do we do? Uh, make music videos or, or you know, you kind of get lost in the next step. So um, things have really come around. Or they started to come around really well. And uh, and then of course you know the inevitable worldwide thing hit everyone so we're all in the same boat but um, but yeah it's still it's still an interesting process and we're staying busy so yeah okay very flipping cool stuff now you mentioned it kind of been in the works for a little bit you mentioned October um, and then obviously is it Orin Orin's come on as far as March is concerned um, so it. It seems like you guys are following all the right steps, and I'm curious, and maybe for people who are listening in right now who are in a band who are like, man, I would love to get a manager, or for a lot of bands who aren't even thinking that far ahead, maybe take us through that. What was that process like? How did you meet him? And what has that done for the band? Right, okay. Um, we, I kind of, I suppose I, I reached out to him initially because we had uh, the singer Sean and... Um, and his brother Aaron are in the band, and uh, they, you know, they've been playing around the country in a Pantera cover band for a good while. Um, and so they kind of came across Orin at, at gigs and things like that, and like he does uh, organization uh, of gigs and puts them on and things. And um, uh, so yeah, there was a bit of touching base just through people, and and I I kind of knew what his role was roughly, and he ran a website and he had managed other bands, and I kind of asked him just for you know, what would you recommend for us as a band to do next? Like not even looking for a manager necessarily, but uh, he kind of just asked, you know, we, we chatted away and uh, essentially he uh, was very, he, he kind of put it out there that he was willing to work with us, knowing, you know, what our direction was and hearing the album and things like that. He was happy with it. So it was really just a matter of reaching out and uh, we were just very lucky. I think that we we came out with the with the music that we did recently, and that we have been busy. And I suppose that was appealing to Oren because he's. I suppose he's not going to take on anybody, which is somewhat flattering, but somewhat nerve wracking too. And uh, as your maid, keep busy. Uh, but uh, yeah, so I mean, yeah, we just kind of contacted him, and he put it out there, and we kind of went over things super suspiciously. <laughs> you know, you're signing. It's like, what do you mean a manager? What is what is what exactly is this? You know, but. Uh, 
but no, it's been it's been nothing but a blessing uh, working with him and um, kind of all those shadow or uh, yeah shady shadow areas that you you you're unsure of as a band and you kind of go like I said you know you write some music and you get to record it maybe and then you go play some gigs and it's kind of like so how do we play more gigs or how do we do more with our uh, promotion and things and and that's really where somebody in the music industry like Oren has the the kind of the wisdom and know how and patience to uh, to uh, to give you some guidance, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very cool. So it kind of sounds like you had a little bit of cold feet, but now you've got a warm heart. That's it. That's it. Canadian yeah. at heart. So yeah, you got to stay warm, right? That's right. Typical man, cold feet, but a warm heart. Now, take us through these tracks. They got some pretty funky names, uh, or maybe that's just my own ignorance. But uh, Cortexafan, what is this track about? What is a Cortexafan? I could have looked it up, but I want to hear from you. Right. Okay. So we we kind of like to reference some things, kind of tongue in cheek, I suppose, or uh, like an Easter egg type hidden thing, where something that resonates with us uh, because we share something, whether it's like uh, a TV show or a video game or um, you know uh, some type some type of reference that we can kind of get behind or that we we're kind of pulling our own uh, mythology or analogies from, and uh, Cortex fans specifically. It pertains to a TV series called Fringe. I don't know if you ever saw the TV show uh, Fringe. Um, it's kind of like a sci-fi, and the idea is that it's kind of fringe science. So it's it's sci-fi, but it's supposed to kind of have a link to reality, I suppose, in a way, but a little far out there. But yeah, we were that uh, a good few of us were like super fans of the show. So when I kind of said, "How about we use this one reference from the show to kind of..." run off of and build lyrics around and uh you know not blatantly describing an episode or anything but kind of take like i say taking our own analogy from it okay very cool and obviously they were totally up for that now is that bend into the album amalgam like is it a concept album based on this show or is each song kind of its own little world yeah, yeah each, each song is definitely its own little thing on this one anyway yeah for sure i mean there's definitely I mean, I guess like like most bands or, or, or lyrics that are being written, uh, there's uh, perhaps a common thread or a common kind of theme to the lyrics, uh, but definitely with a lot of diversity and uniqueness to each track, I hope, anyway. Yeah, no, I would completely agree with that. And actually, you know, for all the gear nerds out there, I was super curious because I love the guitar tone on the record. And as far as I am aware, with the notes I have on my desk, you are one of the guitar players. I am. Yeah, actually, I, I did record the guitars on that album. Yeah, there was okay. actually, that's, not, that's not true. I uh, our our uh, co-producer and uh, mixer over in the Netherlands, Bart Hennepoff of the band Textures. He recorded the solo on Hibernia, the last track on the album. And um, and actually, our, our vocalist, Sean, recorded one guitar track, uh, which was initially an idea for a bass track. Uh, that I had expressed to the bass player and the bass player was trying to play it and he couldn't quite get these harmonic things that we were doing. So we're like, we were over in the Netherlands doing the mixing and mastering and uh, long story short, there's two other guitarists on it that are, uh, but yeah, but, uh, but uh, primarily the, those are, those are my six strings being played, I guess. Beautiful. What is, if you don't mind, without giving away the secret, how did you get that tone? Uh, I can tell you half the recipe if you want. So it's like quarter pound of butter, three cups of sugar, whisk in a bowl. But that's all I can say. 
Okay. Perfect. No, I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I don't know. I don't know if it takes away some of the, like, I'm just to hear that you're happy with the, you know, you, you, you're digging on the guitar tone. So that's great. But, uh, um, I'm actually, I'm actually a fractal audio axe effects guy. And, um, those guitars, when I recorded them, were recorded from the Fractals, so it's a digital processor, which is, um, I mean, everybody from Dream Theater to Periphery to uh, Metallica even uses them live now kind of thing. It's just super handy, and everything's in one place, and the human ear really can't tell 99% of the time that it's not a tube amp, I guess, but... Um, it can be very specific. We can be very quiet with digital, and it doesn't have to, you know, there's no ringing feedback all the time, and you get the same kind of grit out of the guitar without having to make your eardrums bleed. Um, but uh, those guitars were reamped as well in um, in the Netherlands by our buddy Bart there. So really, it's like a... So the cab model is blended off, is uh, a blend off of an angle, and um, and also I think he, he used a, a, a type of PV head as well. So there's kind of like... Mostly angle sound with like undertones of PV, so it's blended together with two different amps. Okay, very cool stuff. Now, one of the other tracks you wanted to chat about uh, was "Trial of the Grasses," which makes no sense, Connor. So, what is what is this track about? <laughs> what what is the trial of the? I just imagined a bunch of grass. Was like, all right, here you say that you're guilty of whatever. Um, yeah, and, yeah. and then the mower comes, and then you mow the grass. Uh, that, yeah. It's, yeah. Is that what this is about? Summer's come yeah. and you can put the snow shovel away? And yeah, you can... it's tidy, tidy yard keeping is essentially what we're trying to get. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. Uh, no, Trial of the Grasses is also kind of a, another reference to something that uh, is probably, that I'm probably, it's really just my obsession and I kind of forced it on the other guys a little bit and I really had to convince them to go, trust me, this is cool because it's so nerdy, you know? But um Trial of the Grasses, I don't know if you've seen, well, see, I was a fan of the books and the video game before the Netflix series The Witcher came out. Okay. Everybody knows who, what The Witcher is now, I assume. I've heard or, of it. I've never watched it, but it's, it's okay. this is the second yeah. time this week, actually, that that has come up. Well, there you go, man. John, you got to jump on it. You know, if you're, if you're a fan of, uh, you know, maybe Game of Thrones thrown in with some, you know, some other stuff, some dark fantasy, you know, as in, uh, you know, um, pardon me. Uh, oh, you're, oh, you know, your pardon, sir. Uh, <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? But, uh, yeah, essentially this is part of the, the lore of the Witcher in the books. It's a Polish, uh, Polish author that wrote these books and it's kind of, I would come, I would almost say the books are like the Polish game of Thrones is, is I'd be bold enough to say that's how good they are. Okay. Well, I don't Fantastic. know if I've said enough, if, or if I can leave it at that and go. If if you go check out The Witcher and type in Trial of the Grasses, you might get some type of interpretation. <laughs> okay. So does that explain the music video then? This haunting. Is that fair enough? Yeah, I'd say it's fair enough. So, so with the music video, is is that why that's like somebody in, in in chains in a prison and there's some dude hanging around children, literally. Uh, <laughs> You're making it sound way more edgy than it is. That's awesome. Keep describing it. <laughs> keep, keep describing this this yeah. dark, weird, demonic. Uh, it looks like witchcraft. Right. That's yeah. And and we did. We actually did shoot some of those scenes in a church, uh, which we were really lucky uh, to be able to even shoot in there at all, thanks to the director uh, Brian O'Glanby and his connections. Uh, but it was yeah, just an old Irish church. Um, 
well, I don't know how old it is, but it's it's definitely not used too often anymore. But yeah, um, no, it, it, there's yeah. I suppose that's kind of Brian's vision of what he got from the lyrics, and he kind of went over it with us, and we're like, let's just let's just do it. Um, so yeah, I'm 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 glad it caught the eye, you know. Mm-hmm. It definitely it did. Now going to take us through this album, Amalgam. Um, what were you guys looking to create? So like when we pick it up and I hold it in my hand, what is it that we should expect when we hit play on it? Um, I don't, I, I mean, the first track beast mode, I mean, that's how, if, if you're going to listen to it as an album, that's what you're going to get first is beast mode. And, um, uh, one of the best descriptions that, I have a hard time overviewing the whole album as one kind of thing because I mean there's a bit of to me it's 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 each song is incredibly different or even each you know part or each uh, arrangement is a little different so I have a hard time kind of just glossing it over with one one kind of description but I, what friend of ours kind of described beast mode as it's like a kettle constantly boiling and it's like it's just like come on come on boil you know and it's just it's just on the edge of kind of being ready the whole time and uh, i really like that analogy because i didn't really think of it like that but we um yeah it's a metal album it's it, there's progressive elements in it you're going to get a metal album you're going to get a metal album where you'll probably like the singer more than you're not going to be able to tolerate the singer perhaps uh sean's sean just <laughs> Sean did a great job on. Well, you know, I I found you know you're growing up and like you listen. Dream, hey, like a dream theater record. You're not sure if you should like the singer, and then Liquid Tension Experiment came out, and you're like, oh, thank God. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, <laughs> exactly. It's like Change of Seasons. When I heard that, when that was the first real dream theater experience I had, and when I heard Change of Seasons, I was like, this the music is so good that I'm gonna have to learn to like James Labrie. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and and he kind of grows on you after a while. You know, it's kind of like, you know, you're you're tonal, you're hitting the notes, you're kind of cheesy, but a little cheese is okay here and there, maybe. Well, he is Canadian, and we do love our cheese. Exactly. There we go. Nice, beautiful. Now, I guess one of the things that I got out of what you were saying, and um, you know, the album. Sometimes bands create a piece of work that is a storyline musically lyrically or both with an arc from beginning to end they intend for you to sit down and spend some novel time uh with their their record with their album to listen from beginning to end and sometimes bands don't it's just kind of you know this is uh the collection of what we had most recently worked on so it kind of sounds like it's more the second case this is a collection of what we what we most recently worked on and we felt that they worked together as a unit but not necessarily a beginning to end uh, listening experience. Well, I mean, so it's I, guess, I suppose it's kind of a double-edged sword. Uh, in one way, it's I suppose okay. The short answer first is kind of like <laughs> I, think, I I would encourage everyone to listen to any album that any band like not any band. I mean, if there's a band that interests you, if there's a couple songs that you like, you know, I would say please go listen to the album if you want to. You know. Uh, try to sit down like we listen to podcasts that are you know an hour two three hours long sometimes these days which is like a testament to humans not having to have like vines all the time going by or memes constantly like quick short entertainment things so please listen to a full album you know and and, and please listen to ours if you if you're so inclined but uh 
when you're looking at the album, or at least when we were kind of putting it together, we definitely thought what song goes into the next song musically well. You know, like what flows into the next one. I guess that's kind of an inevitable type of thing to look at when you're making an album, but uh, we were very conscious of that anyway, and kind of making sure Hibernia was the last song, Beast Mode's the first song, there's the proper ebb and flow in the middle, hopefully. Um, but uh, but in the day in the age of Spotify and you know Deezer, iTunes, and all that stuff, people are on the go. They want something real quick, so it's good that there's songs that you can just go. You know what? I dig that one song, and I'm going to put on that song, and I can get it, and I can get a good feel for the band off of it. And if I want to listen to more, I can. So it's kind of like you can't escape the the real quick fix kind of mentality, I guess, but at the same time, encouraging the long process. I mean, that's just something people are going to do if they're interested, I guess, is sit down and listen to a lot of music at once or what we, what what's considered a lot of music at once now. But I remember, you know, like I'm in my mid to late thirties now, I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> I won't give an exact number, but, uh, you know, like listening to, you know, Metallica or uh, or Tool or something, and it's like you want to listen to, like the whole album. I don't know. Maybe it's because we had Discman and we didn't have the internet, but uh, so it's different. Yeah. Long answer, I guess. Sorry about that. It's okay. But you're taking me back to my days in high school when I actually had to plan which CD I was going to listen to for the entire day. Exactly. And you had to have enough battery juice too, right? Oh, yeah. 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 And we, we couldn't even do that until they invented Andy Skip. I remember the days before any skip and you're walking around like you're holding a, a pizza. Without the box. And the thing was three inches or four inches thick. It was disgusting. Um, yeah. You know, That's so right. I, yeah. Boom. Okay, beautiful. Now, that really concludes most of my questions. I think the only question I had left really is just let's talk about, you know, it's August already of the best year on record for all of humanity and. Has this year changed your guys' plans, or is this essentially what you were going to be doing anyway? No, definitely not. Uh, definitely through, as they say in Ireland over here, a spanner in the works. And um, so we were, yeah, we had basically signed with a booking agent um, in, I think it was March or April, or was it March? It was right as COVID hit anyway, as soon as it hit hard over here. And so that whole thing went out the window. The booking agent that we were with left the company. But since then, and as of, well, today we announced it, is that we, we've signed with a new booking agent. So that's kind of like looking forward and making sure things are happening. So basically, we should have been playing in the UK at this point uh, this year for the first time as a band. Um, and we had lots of gigs. Bo- Actually, we had lo- a, a lot of gigs booked, to be fair, even from the end of last year, beginning of this year. So with this happening... It's definitely, you know, everybody, you have to, it's like everybody just has to stay mentally strong in their own way. You know, you just got to kind of go, right, everybody's kind of suffering a little bit right now. What can I do to ease my own suffering before I can, you know, maybe, uh, you know, talk to my bandmates or friends or whatever it is about it. But um, writing music is what came out. Uh, Like, I think we wrote about, like, we, we just put out an album, I guess you could say, just, you know, like, you know, less than a year ago, I guess, and with everything happening, but we just wrote a whole bunch of music and like, you know, track drums to it. And there's some bass lines there. There's, you know, guitars are there and uh, lyrics are being written. So, I mean, we kind of made use of the time. So, I mean, that's the way we saw it is like, rather than going, you know, what, you know, 
we can't play shows, you know, and everything's about shows. A lot of it's about shows, but there's a lot of other things that you can keep busy with and just be productive, you know, and be creative in a different way. Mm-hmm. I yeah. completely agree. So I guess that's what we should expect for the rest of the year is uh, a swath of more music from Arjuna's eye because of, you know, arguably the downtime. Well, yeah, I mean, we're gonna, we're definitely going to be strategic as far as when our next release or releases come out, because uh, we do want to promote this album still, because it kind of, like I said, it kind of was a funny one, and we, uh, so this is like our second single off the album, and there's things that I guess I can't talk about right now because uh, we've been told not to. So there's certain things on the go or, or <laughs> happening behind the scenes, which uh, which I'm like super excited about. And um, and we've been working away on new music is there uh, and it will come, but it's not immediate. Yeah. So we got other cool stuff other than new music. I mean, if the album's new, that's new music for you right there. Okay, perfect. Well... Connor, thank you so much for coming on to the Rock Metal Podcast today. Thanks very much, John. All right. Go ahead and stop, please, sweetie.